Hi guys, we're gonna get started with the real thing. <laughs> I'm so glad everybody's here. My name is Crystal, and I have the privilege of hanging out with you guys and leading this group, and um, I love this group. It's, I just love the vibe here. Everybody kind of knows everybody, and I feel like we have that family feeling, so I love being in Bedford. I wanted to share with you guys tonight um, a part of my construction journey. I'm not what you would call like handy. <laughs> I don't really know like a lot about building furniture. I tried to build a little table one time and it fell like a little side table and I was so proud I put it up against the wall and it fell down. So I was like, <laughs> maybe this isn't for me. But I had a friend a few years ago, my best friend actually, one of them, and she was having a baby and she had this long living room and she needed to divide it to make a nursery. Um, and she was talking one day about how like stressed she was about it and how she didn't know where they were gonna put the new baby. And I was like, well, I have a friend who's pretty good at construction. Like, let's just the three of us build the wall. So we were like, yeah, you know, you know when you're talking to your friend, you get excited. I was like, let's do it. <laughs> so we built a wall and actually it turned out pretty good. I'm, I was proud of it. I learned how to use a nail gun. I learned how to do drywall. My friend who had the actual construction knowledge did the most of the work and we were like his gophers, but it felt really good to be like, we built this. And then I had another friend a few years later who um, had a foster son and same kind of situation. She needed to build him a room. And so we, again, I called some people and we built him this room and it turned out super great and he loved it. And then a few years after that, one of my other friends decided she was gonna help her mom renovate a house and flip it from the studs up. It was just studs and like the outside. And she needed help. So her mom and her stepdad and she and I pretty much with a few other people here and there, um, built that house. And to tell you guys that I'm done now is really real because I'm afraid the next step is to build a village. Because we went, you know what I mean? Went from a wall to a room to a house. I'm like, no, we're done. I'm tapping out here at this point. <laughs> um, but we, my husband and I built a house as well. And we actually hired a construction like um, team and it was their project and we just kind of supervised. But, um, as we were building the house, there, I was, and as we were building like the wall and the room, I, was, I began to realize there's a lot that goes into a project. You have to think about a lot of things. I would love to just be creative and be like, oh, it just comes together. No. You need to have like a budget. You need to know all the little tiny details of like doorknobs and hinges and all of those things. You need to know you have enough money to finish the project. Have any of you guys ever seen like an abandoned construction project? Is it not like the most sad and depressing thing you've ever seen? I hate, especially when they're apartment buildings. I'm like, why? Like, don't start an apartment building if you can't finish it. It just looks so sad. Um, but so as we talk about following Jesus, and this is where we're going to land tonight, because as we start a series called Basic, we're going to start with Jesus, because if we don't start there, there's no point in talking about anything at all. So we're going to start with Jesus. Um, and I think... As we think about him and as we talk about him, you know, you're probably thinking, how does Jesus relate to construction projects? But it's gonna come together because as we, as we as Christ followers are in the church and we're listening to how people explain Jesus and how scripture is talked about and impact, we get this 75% of a picture of his love for us, which is true and it's super important and we need to know it. But there's another 25% that we don't hear a whole lot about and that's our response back to that love. And how do we love God in return? And there are so many opinions and so many teachers and so many Instagram accounts out there who are gonna tell us that following Jesus means that we get stuff from him. That if we follow Jesus, he'll give us success, 
He'll give us health. He'll give us wealth. Um, maybe he'll give you large crowds or a big Instagram following. And if we're not getting those things, then there must be something wrong. But I hate that because I feel like that thought process basically turns Jesus into a self-help book, right? And there's a lot of self-help books out there. So when you turn following Jesus into something that was just self-help, what makes him better than any of the other books on the shelf? That's my question. So tonight I want to challenge that for us. I want to challenge you guys, and I'm, I'm challenging myself. I'm in the same boat with you. There's been this, honestly, this burning in my soul about who Jesus is and how we respond to him. And I was, I was prepping this study. I really wanted us to stop here and, and ask some hard questions and look at that 25%, because our world is flooded with messaging about who Jesus is and is not. And I feel like if we don't know what our response should be to him, then we're going to get lost in, in the messages. So Jesus, instead of self-help, he's the most glorious, the most powerful, and the most tender person in all of creation. He is an awesome God, and we need to see him correctly. So um, I'm going to pray before I get all vulnerable with you guys, so let me do that. Um, Jesus, thank you for tonight. Thank you for these friends. Um, you know, I've been in a weird place all day with stuff at home, and so I just need help tonight to um, speak what's true about you and um, for this to make sense and for your word to land where it needs to. So I just ask for your help in that. In your name, amen. amen. Um, so my story with Jesus starts way back when I was five. My parents were missionaries, and I grew up in church, um, and I just loved... Oh, by the way, sorry, guys, there's notes on your table. If you want to pull those out, this is the time to do that. Um, I was five. I grew up in church, and I remember at five really wanting to connect with God. Like, that was a thought for me. I wanted to connect with him. I wanted to do the right thing and follow Jesus, but I didn't really know how to do that. Um, I remember praying the sinner's prayer at five and then just kind of be bopping my way through from five to twelve. Like, it didn't really affect me. It didn't really change my life. Um, then at 12, and this is a terrible thing. Don't ever do it to your children. I watched this movie called Left Behind. Yeah. Oh, yes. Some of you have seen it. <laughs> yes. Um, it was the worst movie, you guys. It was terrifying. Basically, it's about the rapture, and Jesus comes and takes all his people, and then the movie follows the people who are left behind. Terrified me. I went and, like, would check my parents' room to make sure I wasn't left behind if they were too quiet. Um, and so out of fear, I prayed this, the sinner's prayer again and told my dad that I had done that. Um, and then he wanted me to get baptized, which I was like, no. But he was like, yes. And so I got baptized. Um, but that made, again, it was a decision made out of fear. It was a decision made out of doing what my parents wanted me to do. It had no impact on my life or on my heart. And um, then around 14 and a half, 15 we came back to the States. My parents were missionaries in South America. And I was probably in ninth grade, I think, at that point. Y'all, it was the worst year ever. I was so lonely. I was the most awkward teenager. I was a missionary kid, so I didn't know how to dress or talk. Um, I didn't know American culture, so I didn't fit in at all. And <clears throat> my parents decided to homeschool me also at my ninth grade year. So I was literally like, this is the worst like time ever. And I remember just... After that, as we came back to Bolivia in South America where we were, I was like, man, I just, I just really want to connect with something. And my friend, um, Johanna, and her mom, Sarah, 
they had a very, they were also missionaries together, and they had a very vibrant relationship with God. I, I didn't understand it because they would talk with Jesus and about him like he was their friend, like he's Sheila sitting there. They would just talk and have conversations like you would with Sheila or with Steph or um, with Candy. Like they would just converse. And I'm, you know, growing up in the church, you get used to like the long monologues of like 20 minute people praying where they just go on with the big words. And instead of that, it was just very short and simple and um, real. And so this is where I get vulnerable because I let you guys into how weird I am. Um, at 15, I remember sitting on my bedroom floor and asking God for that intimate relationship with him. And I told him, bless you, I told him that in return, he could have all of my life. He would just give me that intimate connection. And then I was like that nerdy kid, so I wrote Jesus on my hands, and I was like, I'll give you all of my life. <laughs> Very dramatic. Um, but he did, you guys. That was the beautiful thing. Is at 15, I knew his presence and his love in myself in a way that I'd never known before. And... Since 15, I'm now 41. Ooh, it's so sad. 41, you guys. It's been fine. It's been fine. We're all fine. Let's move forward. Um, yeah, but at 15, from then to now, I have not ever felt the need to pray that prayer. I've never not known the presence of God. I've never not felt that intimate relationship with him. And that is where we're going to land tonight. Um, because Jesus has been all of wisdom and comfort and purpose and direction for me. And he's given me all of himself. But that's where that 25% comes in. He gives us 100% of who he is, but he wants 100% back. And we're a little bit guilty, guys, of putting Jesus in our schedule where we can fit him in. And I'm guilty of that, too. But especially, especially in the United States, we are guilty of just fitting him in where we can because we're so busy. Um, so we're going to read some scripture. It's right there on your notes. It's out of Luke 14. If you're interested to study further, it's also in Matthew and it's also in John. Um, it says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he's not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Isn't that the most fluffy, warm, fuzzy piece of scripture you've ever heard? Um, when I read it for the first time, man, it kind of really hit me because I was, I was like, that's not light. That's not something where... Jesus is like, love me, and I'll love you, and we'll all be loving together. This is some hard stuff he's saying. So what does it mean? Does it actually mean that you have to hate your family to follow Jesus? Because that would contradict other places in Scripture, where he says, love and honor your father and mother, um, where he says, love your neighbor. Um, so it can't possibly, 
when I look at scripture as a whole, it can't mean that we're actually supposed to hate our family. So what does it mean? When I have a question, and for you guys, when you guys have a question, the best thing to do is just always go back to the actual language, because there's some great online references that you can use. And I looked up the word hate, um, which is the word miseo, which is your first fill in the blank. And it does, it can be translated to mean hate, but in this context, it actually is translated to love something more. So then if you rephrase that scripture in that first part of the verse, it says, if anyone comes to me and does not love me more than their father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even their own life. That's, that's a context that makes more sense to me. What part of that is hard for you guys? I think all of it's hard. I think it's hard to say, man, Jesus has to be first in my life because we're just changeable people. I'm changeable. Sometimes I like ice cream. Sometimes I like pie. You know, like I, I'm very different from one day to another. <clears throat> so what Jesus says in the scripture is to love me the most. That's that 25%, guys. So the question that we ask when we count the cost and the question that I want to ask us tonight as a group is, is he worth it? Is he worth it? Is he worth it in those moments when we have to make a choice to love him most and love him first? I think about, you know, just scenarios that we all go through, um, <clears throat> maybe in our jobs, when there's a question of integrity that comes up, whether it's a question of like tax seasons right around the corner, um, personal taxes or business taxes. Do we cheat our taxes or do we do what's hard and do the right thing because we love Jesus most? What about relationships? Do we stick in a toxic relationship because we have an unhealthy need to be in it? Or do we love Jesus most and leave the toxic relationship? What about situations in marriages? I don't have, I have no idea whose story is what. So as I'm just throwing these out there, these are things that have come up in my life. And I know they, if they've come up in my life, they've come up in your guys's. What about marriages that are hard? Do we persist loving someone who's hard to be married to because it's the right thing to do to love Jesus most? Not because our spouse deserves it, but because Jesus is asking us to. When Jesus gives us all of himself in like this lavish bucket way of I choose you and I love you and I'm here to give you all of me, <clears throat> his love is free of charge. But in loving him back, which is our part, he does ask us for everything. And I'm a little tired, guys, of a weak sauce Christianity that I hear a lot of, just in general in the United States, of people who are like, I'll love Jesus until something goes wrong in my life. Or I'll love Jesus until it gets hard and I want to do something else. That's not what we're called to. And honestly, that's not the kind of Christianity that changes the world. And it's not the kind of Christianity that changes us. Aren't you glad you came to the Bible study tonight? <laughs> so um, following Jesus means you love him most, which is your next fill in the blank if you've got that one. And the next one is, the power of God in us is the depth of our yes to him. Um, in 2016, 
I had a friend named Sarah. She's still my friend. <laughs> but my friend named Sarah Gosnell, um, she got cancer. She was a young mom in her early 30s at the time. And she got a very rare form of cancer, and the prognosis wasn't super great. <clears throat> and I remember in those first weeks and months after her diagnosis, um, she was very open about her fears about leaving Bobby, who was, I think, three or four at the time. And when I think about what it means to praise Jesus in the middle of our deepest fear, this is what I think is the thing that trips us up when we get to these spots where we don't love him back with all of us. Because we have this like fear at the root of our souls that's a lie that says that God is not good and that we can't trust him in those really hard, sticky spots. And I don't think that the fear is that, um, I don't think the fear is that we won't make it through sometimes. I think the fear is that God will take something from us that we desperately want. Um, so for Sarah, as she was walking through, when she had no, which she survived her cancer, but many people don't, and she didn't know at that moment. So the point for this story is not that she survived her cancer, but the point is that in that moment where she didn't know, that she chose to praise God. And that praising of God is something that's impacted not just me, but many other people. And that's what I want to encourage us with tonight, you guys, is that when we say a full yes to Jesus and we give him everything we have and everything we are, that God is able to really not just protect us, comfort us, do the things that we want for ourselves, but it opens up heaven in a way I don't really understand to flow through us to other people. And that's where world, worlds get changed, that's where communities get changed, that's where people come to know Jesus. So um, there are lyrics on your, on your notes, and I'm going to play the song. All I have tonight is my laptop to apologize for, but um, I'm going to play the song, and I want you guys to listen to the lyrics and to the song.
Sarah wrote that song in those first uh, weeks after her first diagnosis. And I want to challenge us tonight. Our stories are all different. Our journeys are all different. We all have different things that we wrestle with. That when those moments come, to wrestle with them. To not just um, fill up our days with busyness again. Or be upset because we're in a hard moment or rush to the next thing that will make us feel better, but to wrestle with those moments where Jesus is asking us to say yes to him in new ways because the impact of a surrendered life is incredible. And the impact of a surrendered life, it's not just for you, it's for the people around you. And we live in a world that is desperate to know who Jesus is, even if they don't know that they're desperate, they are. Um, so it's not about our career, how much money we're making, the size of our house, or our Instagram followers. I just wanna say it again, guys, the power of God in us is the depth of our yes to him. Romans 14, eight says, if we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. That is a radical attitude. It is an extreme attitude to say, no matter what happens to me now in this temporary life, I belong to Jesus, and that's where my feet will go. No matter what. There's a lot of people who don't say that, who aren't ready to say that. But I want to ask us tonight, guys, is he worth it to say yes, whether we live or die? So I'm going to give us plenty of time to talk tonight. It's about 10 to 8. Um, and here's some questions for us to really process. Where are we personally at tonight? The first and most important yes is saying yes to following him. That's the first yes to coming into his family, to being adopted, to receiving the Holy Spirit, it was my yes at 15. Have you guys said that yes? And then there's a lot of yeses that happen after that because this is life and it's messy and it's hard and it's great and it's terrible and it's all the things. Um, have you guys had moments where you've counted the cost and said yes to Jesus? What's that look like for you? So I'm going to give us time to talk. Um, I want to remind us, since this is our first night, that we want to be a safe place so we don't want to be a group that's known for gossip. So if something is shared at your table, please love your friends really well and don't repeat it outside of these walls. Um, if you want to ask permission of the person who shared something, ask permission before you do that, please. And then um, don't be afraid. We're all best friends here. 
You can tell the truth. Just kidding. We're going to be inspired by the end. <laughs> so go ahead, guys, and I'll come back up in a little bit. <laughs>